This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the offseason, but plenty to discuss when it comes to football, specifically the Steelers. Joining me, as he always does, once a week during the offseason, it's Chris Adamski. Chris covers the Steelers at Trib Live. For us here on the Fans First Network, it's the Breakfast with Ben's podcast. Brought to you by Gerger Construction. Yeah, just around the corner tomorrow, March 1st. Get in on it now. Go to GergerConstruction.com. Get your free project estimate or schedule your deck safety inspection today. Could get $1,000 off your new deck if it's installed or at least booked up maybe by March the 1st of this year. Still might have time to jump into that special. Not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking in a spring and summer 2024. Chris, the combine going on right now. We haven't heard from Omar Khan. There was a passing in his family, a death in his family. So uh, we were supposed to hear from him yesterday. We are going to do so tomorrow afternoon. A lot of other general managers talking. A lot of them addressing some of the quarterback conversations where the permutations, the ripple effects might meet the Steelers. I found some of the things particularly interesting from Eric DaCosta about the Ravens. There wasn't necessarily quarterback talk there, but... Plenty to digest from day one of uh, some prominent front office folks speaking with the media in Indianapolis. What was your biggest takeaway? Yeah, I mean, the Ryan Poles, uh, Bears general manager, his availability was was kind of fascinating in some ways because he sort of, you know, allowed finally. That, that's that been the biggest question and a lot of other. Obviously, the Steelers have been highly connected to it. I don't know how serious it's been, you know, in reality. Uh, the Justin Fields, of course, I'm talking about. But you have a team there that controls the number one pick and controls the most – is it the most marketable trade piece out there? I probably. So when you have both of those things, those are two pretty powerful uh, – power. it could shape this offseason as the Bears. 
So hearing the Bears general manager talk and kind of go over that and pretty much, not without saying it, say it that they're they're looking to trade Justin Fields and then obviously they would take Caleb Williams number one overall and and of course the Steelers, although it seems uh, increasingly less likely by the day, despite uh, previous um, national speculation that it was a, a real possibility to me, as we talked about last week, it never made too too much sense for the Steelers and I guess it's not certainly the doors in a hundred percent closed, but. Yeah, that 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 whole once that falls into place, we know who's picking number one overall and who they're presumably who they're taking and where Justin Fields going. That also the ripple effects then to the Steelers of the quarterback market. Wherever Fields goes, that's one less place where another alternative might go, and and that in theory helps the Steelers for anybody else. When it comes to free agency, how are the Steelers going to be able to sign anybody if everybody hates the organization as much as that NFLPA <laughs> report will suggest? Yeah, that's you know, there's one of those things, Tim, where you know I, I know you know you worked in Boston some, and I, I don't know how often you've been to other teams' facilities, but I, you know I kind of lived in a, a, a blissful uh, ignorance for a while that this was just an NFL team facility, and then I've been to a couple others, and even seen a couple others, and seen some you know uh, from the outside and. And even seen some from the inside, and that matter. And I think it was Juju was here, and he he sort of poked one at the wooden lockers. He said at one point, and and uh, and then that hit struck me when I was doing some some project about the '70 Steelers, and saw some old interviews, and they were the same exact lockers with the same exact font, the same name prints, uh, name plates from 50 years ago. And I'm sure there's something they're trying to do there with tradition and everything. But at the same time, uh, I don't know to uh, to a, a a labor force whose average salary is approaching five million dollars and. Uh, was was long long not even a thought back in the 70s uh, uh, i think they'd rather have like sort of the uh you know the, the ipad in, in their locker and everything else so it also struck me all these years about how of course pitt and the steel were share a facility and on the one side was a multi-billion dollar enterprise and the other side was a theoretically uh amateur uh public university and you'd walk into the pit side tim you know this it's it's much more uh, like palatial, right? There's, there's a lot more uh, uh, gaudiness in there and, and the lockers and, and, and everything. And the, and, the, and the Steelers side is more kind of, I don't say bare bones. It's not fair. It's a nice, nice, nice enough building. It's, it's nice. But uh, uh, I, I'm, what, what I'm saying is a lot of these veterans coming to the Steelers, they probably came from places where for better, or for worse, and we could say whatever, I mean, but they certainly can afford them. These NFL teams, they probably have the, you know, the, the joke was what? What's the college team? Is it USC that has a water slide in their practice facility? Well, yeah, see, that's where I was going with it is. It's maybe not even so much veterans as it is they're drafting guys from Alabama and Georgia all the time. Yeah. And I imagine whatever Pitt has, Alabama and Georgia can do better. So if you're suggesting <laughs> that the Pitt side is better than the Steelers side, what must they think coming here then, I guess? That's an excellent point. I, that's a, probably the best way of putting it. And probably where there probably is some sort of you know sticker shock or, or, or kind of to them like, wow, this is the NFL, and you're telling me my, my locker room just got downgraded several, several. You've seen. I, I mean, I haven't been in. I don't know how many college locker rooms I've been in the past decade or so, but you put them on social media. Of course, they do that when they open up these multi-million places, and you see the fancy lights and the, what. I don't. Even, I can't even. T- Tim, I don't know what the kids are doing these days uh, in their lockers and, and everything, but everybody has their own personal, uh, you know, that there's a USB ports. Everything's in there in, in their locker, and, and there's, you know, little TPs on each other. So I, I could see why, if that's the context, and that seems to be the little bit of context we have, although calling the ownership an F, I, I, I don't know how they, they weigh that, and, and I don't know how the question was asked in the survey, but. That, that seems a little harsh to me, a little bit unfair, but um, I, well, I it's guess totally, the, it's oh, totally unfair yeah. if Mike Tomlin is going to be a part of this yeah. machine and he's getting an A grade, and yeah. th- this is an A grade for a coach that doesn't want a playoff game in seven years. I don't care what the 
criteria are to judge a coach if you're a player. If he can't get you a playoff win in seven years, he doesn't deserve an A. Yeah, I mean, and, and in some ways, I'm sure, uh, you know, you can maybe look at that. You know, there, I think even by the Art Rooney's admission and the verbiage he used and maybe even Paul himself, there's a um, – what's the word it's it's like a, a, a they're, they're settling i feel like in over the past decade or so or the past seven years for sure in terms of what they've accomplished and, and maybe that is a little bit too everything is a little bit too comfortable so uh, you know it, you know it'd be if the Steelers just won the super bowl or were contenders these last three or four years and we're getting deep playoff runs and mike tomlin's getting an a it's uh it's a i don't think it's a negative i say that the, the players well like i don't know mike about tomlin, that but, because you know the chiefs finished 31st oh wow so if you look yeah, at the I, if you look at the annual NFL PA team report cards, overall the team that keeps winning the Super Bowl is thirty first. <laughs> yeah, I, you know I do question a lot of this entire. I'm, I get why it makes news, and certainly here when you have F's on there and things, and certainly, and I think that's probably part of the point of the NFL PA to sort of pressure. I'm sure that you know they have an agenda. Let's face it. I mean, that's free, uh, you know, stuff. They're getting at work. Their workplace conditions improving via public pressure, not through collective bargaining. So I get why they're releasing this and all that and what they're trying to do. So, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I don't know what where Bill Belichick was. I guess there was only been two surveys. Well, the Patriots the were 29th. Yeah. So yeah, okay. <laughs> you asked me about yeah. Boston. They were one spot behind the Steelers. So what would I know by comparison? But the funny thing is the top teams, the Dolphins, Vikings, Packers, Eagles, and Jaguars, that's a combined one playoff win this year? <laughs> what was it? You said Dolphins, Jaguars. What were they again? Dolphins uh, they were... one, Vikings two, Packers three, Eagles four, Jaguars five. Other than the Eagles, I mean, you could probably go back almost five or six years and only have one or two playoff wins, right? Um, I, I don't know what, how far none of those teams are necessarily successful on the field anyway. You know, this is just a part of it. And, it's again, it's all by the union to, to, to get it. And it it's a conversation piece. And, and yes, I, I do think that by NFL standards, by, you know, multi-billion dollar valuation standards, the Steelers' facilities are – uh, Spartan, I guess, to use a word, and and I think it's pretty much public knowledge now, and Art Rooney pretty much acknowledged that they're, they're looking at the practice facility and where they build a new one or what. But yeah, I, I saw the Falcons facility last year, and I was just sort of blown away at how and it's in a suburban locale, sort of a rural locale, which so sprawling goes on and on, and and just you know it, it's probably I don't know the square footage, but I mean we're talking six, seven, eight, nine times the size of what the Steelers have at least in terms of the, the buildings and things like that. Hey, the media room got kicked out. We're in a racquetball court. Yeah, I, they interview us. Why don't we do, we do a survey at our <laughs> That's our right. Facilities. Let's do a media feedback one. Just do the same thing, but just with disgruntled football reporters. <laughs> Chris Adamski with us. Tim Benz here. Fans First Network is the Breakfast of the Benz podcast brought to you by Gerger Construction. Let's get back to on the field stuff, Buzz. Let's talk about the quarterback situation and maybe not the starting quarterback situation per se, but – it did strike me when I read something from Cleveland.com about Joe Flacco's future in Cleveland. The suggestion was very similar, I believe, to how things are viewed with Mason Rudolph and his situation in Pittsburgh, that you know he's going to give it a go and see if he can find a more advantageous situation somewhere else. And if he doesn't, then okay, maybe he'll go back to Cleveland. That mirrors to me how I think Rudolph is going to approach his free agency with the Steelers. 
He also read in that report that Mitch Trubisky might be of interest as a backup if Flacco were to leave from Cleveland. And if Flacco were to leave from Cleveland, I imagine that would be a lily pad that Mason Rudolph would have been interested in that he might not get and he might return to Pittsburgh. So it is kind of interesting how the Browns and Steelers are tied here when it comes to quarterbacks. Yeah, it makes you kind of – one name has never been tossed around, and I don't know if it should have or not, but I guess in some ways it's – heck, if we're talking Tannehills of the world and Brissettes or whatever and Mason Rudolph and you're tying them together, uh, one name has never really been attached to the Steelers would be Joe Flacco. (laughs) Um, That's something until even reading about that earlier today or reading about that yesterday, I hadn't even made that connection. I I, I get it's probably the same level as Tannehill, right? I mean, you imagine a play – you want to talk about hashtag uninspired, a a, a quarterback room of – uh, Kenny Pickett and Joe Flacco and uh, you know fourth round rookie or whatever it is and it might be something like that it, yeah I you know we've talked about the Mason Rudolph thing before I, you know I, I don't know where to me still I think he he would probably have to look at it like he has it, I don't know like who's gonna give him a lot of money to be a backup uh, he, you know he's approaching 30 now that we get one last payday I guess that that's got to be a priority on some level there's got to be some feelings of hopelessness sticking with the Steelers, but at the same time, um, judging by the body of, of work from the 2023 season, he's got to believe himself. Like I can beat out Kenny, if I if they actually give me a shot to do it or Kenny will get hurt. So I, you know, I still don't close the door on that. And it looks like the Justin Fields thing doesn't happen or something home run higher or higher home run acquisition like that. And, uh, I, I still lean slightly toward Mason Rudolph staying here, but, uh, I do think every day that passes without it, it's, uh, it's a lot less likely to or less likely to happen. You know what's ironic about the Steelers getting such low grades? It comes a day after the Ravens said the Steelers are a model franchise to emulate. <laughs> Their arch rivals said that about them, and maybe it's because they like to look in the mirror and see each other. But regardless, there was a lot going on with the Ravens too. Um, they're rumored to be going after Derrick Henry, but they're still talking about signing their own running backs. That sounds to me like if we don't get Derrick, we'll be okay with who we got, and that's probably true, to be honest with you. They're talking about wanting to keep Odell Beckham. What do you think about this Jeremiah Moon that the Steelers picked up? I know he's getting a lot of conversation. I think that's just because it's a dead time right now, largely, and this guy's going to turn into a, a special teamer and maybe a replacement for Marcus Golden at most. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I mean, he's a guy who was literally waved, and yeah, and there's not much else to talk about. It was kind of, sort of uh, interesting that uh, I don't know how often. I guess if you would ask Kevin Colbert in the past, you ask Omar about a guy. Is somebody going to ask Omar about um, uh, Chooks uh, tomorrow? And uh, is he going to give uh, such a glowing? It was strange. I mean, it's a glowing endorsement to a guy he cut uh, two months earlier. But uh, I'm talking about DaCosta from the Ravens, general manager. But uh, yeah, you made me think of there um, the Ravens seeing the Steelers as a model franchise. Maybe think of Rachel Phelps, and they said that's the problem here. We're coddling these guys too much. Is that maybe that's what it is? Uh, uh, these these fancy. Uh, uh, bougie practice facilities. Maybe they should go. Every team should go to wooden lockers and everything. And, uh, and yeah, do uh, it like Rocky and Rocky Four worked out for him. <laughs> you know, back to Mason for a second, Chris. Um, Bill Barnwell from ESPN.com. He used the phrase "likely" that Rudolph is likely to resign with the Steelers. I don't know how likely it really is. Likely sounds a little strong to me. Uh, possible is about as far as I would go. Still, how about you? 
Yeah, I would. If you would have asked me, maybe that first week after the season ended, I, I maybe would have trended toward likely, and that's probably too strong of a word for me. But I would have thought maybe if I went by you know, odds, it would be. I don't know. I don't know what, how you quantify likely sixty percent or so uh, above that. But like, as I said, I think every day that goes by, I think it's a little bit less. Uh, especially, uh, you know, I guess the Steelers, both sides can evaluate their options in a lot of ways here, and 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 maybe they do somehow elect to go. Uh, being, for lack of a better way of putting it, I don't know if you think of like a Russell Wilson at this stage of his career or whatever instead. But, uh, yeah, I don't think I would use the word less. I thought the more interesting part about that, and you touched on this in, in your piece, uh, was that he put he lumped in Rudolph with Trubisky and in that bottom tier, which was like, well, they probably could make a roster. I forget how the subhead went, but it was like he could make a roster. And uh, But that's been that's been Mason Rudolph for, uh, you know, I, I felt like I was shouting in the wind for, three or four years and I kind of gave up after last off season when no other team signed him. So I don't know what, you know, what he sees or what, what do these national people see and or they, or other teams see or general managers see it wasn't signed last year. Maybe that's all it is. And if that's, the, if that's, if, if Barnwell's opinion is sort of uh, reflective of most GMs or a lot of GMs across the league, then there's probably not much of a market, which means it's probably, then maybe it is more likely he comes back because again, Mason knows that if his competition is Kenny Pickett, it's probably his best odds of, of becoming a starter here at some point this season. I'm not hearing anything that indicates it's likely. I, I'm just hearing that it's 50-50 at best. But the other name that came up that's kind of interesting to talk about yesterday, that was Jonu Smith, the tight end from Atlanta and previously Tennessee, who's been let go. And he's uh, been a big proponent of Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith seems to like Jonu Smith. I don't know if there's a spot for him, though, with the Steelers, unless he doesn't see the intrigue or interest that Matt Canada did in Connor Hayward, or he just sees somebody else as being able to take over for Rodney Williams and his special team snaps. Aside from that, I, I don't know what you would do with a Johnny Smith, or maybe he just doesn't think Darnell Washington is worth it as just a blocker. Yeah, I, I guess it, it's, it's very, a huge oversimplification of it, but, I mean, Washington is sort of – John, I mean, a real big guy, a real big tight end who's, you know, has shown some, uh, you know, moderate play. He has another production, uh, even at the college level. But, yeah, I don't know where, especially this year, right? if Friday if was, was a free agent and you, th- you were having doubts about bringing him back or, or thought maybe you couldn't, then maybe he's a, a guy you can supplement. But I, I don't know what – it seems like they're not going to give up on Washington, of course. I mean, Friday Muth is still a, a – if not every snap, a, a, a highly playable tight end. Connor Hayward, I think it certainly has a role. And it's not, you know, him and Johnny Smith, there's not much crossover there in terms of what their skill sets are in terms of being a tight end. And Rodney Williams, a great guy, good special teamer. But, uh, you know, I don't think you bring in a, I don't know how old exactly Smith is, but I believe it's on the other side of 30. I don't know why he'd come here to be a special teams guy. So I don't see a fit there at all, but I, you know, if Arthur Smith loves him that much, I guess anything's possible. And I guess you always find a role and, you know, let the training camp shake things out that way. And maybe it is on a, on a low scale, but I, I don't expect him, if he did come here, to be a major part of the offense. Yeah. And this is a bigger picture free agent conversation. This is well beyond Johnny Smith, but like, for instance, Legereus Sneed, right? Here's a guy that a lot of Steelers fans have targeted as a great point of interest for the Steelers to go get to be a bookend on the opposite side of Joey Porter Jr. I'm in that camp. I mean, the guy gave up, what, one touchdown the whole year, and it was to Buffalo in the playoffs on a great catch. So I would love for them to investigate it, but even when I wrote about that today 
in first call. I sort of dismissed it out of hand as a possibility because the Steelers usually don't go down that path. But, you know, they always seem to find money in free agency to keep their own guys. You know, like, you also couldn't have convinced me a couple years ago that they'd shell out $12 million a year or whatever it is for Larry Ogunjobi. Or, you know, they managed to figure out a way to keep Alex Highsmith, and they managed to figure out a way to keep Deontay Johnson. You know, they're really good at keeping together a core of players that's never won a playoff game. So, you know, I, I wonder why dollars spent in free agency to retain guys from getting to free agency somehow equate to more value in their eyes than taking other people's Pro Bowl caliber players. We have seen, an, even before uh, Kevin Colbert retired, there was an evolution in terms of, quote, the Steelers' way, or in terms of, there's so many things. You can go back, all the way back to what they didn't give out one-year contracts. They didn't do that. They didn't do voidable years. They do that. They, you know, you can go through a lot of things, guaranteed money. They, they, they did that with a lot. You can go over and over things that they've changed. So I, I don't think it's you can shut the door and say, well, the Steelers just don't do that. I don't think, especially with, in, in a, this is only the second offseason or second free agency for the Omar regime. So in theoretically, I, I could see that, um, especially they've, they've not gone out with the big splash free agent yet ever. And they're really in the franchise. One of like a sneak type guy. who's one of the top, I don't know what you can put a top five free agents available on the market, but they've, if you look at last year's team, there was a lot of starters that were signed in free agency. I mean, Cole Holcomb, we're not talking high end free agents here. Big money, huge money. It's not like it's a Pirates thing where they're just being cheap. Obviously, they're spending the cap. They've been a lot more willing to go outside the organization. Now, the final frontier, as you suggested, is the is to go get that superstar outside of the organization and do it. And I don't know. I'm sure you could make the case or somebody would make the case. I'm sure somebody broke it down numbers-wise and mathematically that you're overpaying at that point and this and that. But, you know, I, I am a believer sort of in the, you know, the salary cap is is – is meant to be massaged and meant to be, you can figure things out if you really want to do it. So I don't think there's no reason why they can't do it. And I certainly, I 100% agree that it has to be either a high draft pick or, or some kind of veteran that you have to bring in to play the other, other side of the cornerback, the Joey Porter Jr. So, uh, but it, it sounds like in that particular circumstance, more and more the noise seems to be that the Chiefs are going to franchise him or keep him or extend him before he even gets well, to the Well, might franchise him and trade him. And I think by the time we're speaking, they have franchised him. So I think the goal okay. might be to franchise and trade him because it, apparently they were believing that they could sign Chris Jones on his own. Or else I would imagine that they would have just signed Chris Jones to yeah. the franchise tag and exposed yeah. need to free agency. Um, but I don't know. I, I can't speak for them so much as I think he would be a great fit in Pittsburgh. And I wish they would apply the same thinking to dollars and how they're spent to get other people's guys as opposed well, to always just being willing to yeah. pay whatever it takes to keep their own guys, which sometimes I think they overpay to keep their own guys. Yeah, I, I do think, especially a lot of times, they've literally waited until after free agency began. So it's not one of those things where they're getting kind of a hometown discount or an extension or something like that, where they have, they sign guys that first, they let guys kind of test the market that first first day and then bring them back anyway, a lot of their own guys. That, in, in principle, I definitely agree with what, well, what a lot of what you're saying, and I do think that the, I don't rule it out as maybe if you asked me a decade ago or, or so many years ago, oh, the Steelers, they're not going to do that. But I, I wouldn't be, I, let's put this way, I wouldn't be as shocked uh, if, it, if it came out March, was it March 13th, March, uh, the Steelers agree to player X. I'm not going to you know, even give a hypothetical because that'll lead to who knows what, just in terms of a, a big name free agent. And they need a cornerback. I, I wouldn't be as surprised as maybe I've been in the past. If they do the weird thing in the market this year with everybody having, 
not everybody having a lot of space, but there being a bigger jump in the cap than most people anticipated, most teams anticipated. Um, this year, I guess you can make the case this is not the year to explore the free agent market because everybody be overpriced and sort of inflation because there's more dollars out there than people thought. But at the same time, it's it opens up possibilities that maybe weren't there before, at least in terms of the eyes uh, via the cap. So um, I, I, I think the Steelers will sign – Again, not a superstar starter, but there'll be some starters they get in free agency. So why not cornerback them? But then you, once you fall, drop off the first couple of cornerbacks, and some of them are getting older, then then you start getting in the Stephen Nelson range. And uh, I, you know, we went through that already once. So. Uh, and he was what the what the most expensive free agent ever the Steelers ever signed at the time, right? Yeah, but he was also good for two years. You know, like, I, I don't regret the two good years he gave him. You know, maybe he wasn't worth keeping the last year, but I, he, there were at least two good years that Nelson gave them improved cornerback play from what they had seen previously. So, we got to run, Bud, so uh, that'll do it here. Do you think you're uh, likely or do you think that you're possible for next week? I'm more likely than Mason Rudolph. How about that? Perfect. Chris Adamski with us every week to talk Steelers of the offseason. He covers the Steelers for us at Trib Live. We're brought to you by the Fans First Network and Gerger. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Instruction on Breakfast the Benz.